Hello and welcome to the fourth You, Me and IP podcast brought to you by Northern's Media PR and Marketing Limited. We are the publishers of the Global IP Matrix magazine and the Women's IP World Annual. I'm your host, Carlos Northern. I'm the founder and CEO of Northern's Media based out of London, United Kingdom. On today's podcast, I'm very excited to introduce my uh, very good friend, Natalie Dreyfus. Natalie is uh, the founder and managing partner of Dreyfus Paris, France, in Paris, France, sorry. Uh, she is a French and European trademark attorney and appointed expert at the Paris Court of Appeal and the WIPO Arbitration and Media Centre and the National Arbitration Forum, NAF. Hello and welcome to the show, Natalie. How are you? Hello, Carlos. I'm fine. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for um, coming on the show today, Natalie. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure to have you. No, thank you for inviting me. Thank you oh, for inviting thank you, me. Thank you. Um, so, Natalie... Um, how long have you um, uh, been working in the IP industry? Because I've known you for just over a decade now from when I was working at another IP company. And I just want to find out a bit about your background and your sort of um, journey into the industry. Yeah, I've been in, the, in this industry for quite a long time now. Um, uh, I opened my law firm more than 17 years ago. Okay. In fact, I was born in Alsace, in Strasbourg, you know, east of France. Oh, wow. And, uh, okay. Yeah. There I studied, you know, mathematics, Latin and Greek. And um, um, after completing high school, I decided to study law. Okay. But I don't come from a family of lawyers, you know, but uh, I thought law would interest me very much. But when I started, I didn't have any idea of what kind of area of law I wanted to specialize, you see. Okay. Um, so I started studying um, uh, at Strasbourg University um, of Law which, for its high reputation, and I was born there. Okay, okay. And interesting because I was part, you know, of the first uh, Erasmus program from this university. And uh, at that time, we were only uh, six students, you know, selected to spend uh, a year in the UK, in Leicester University. You probably know well. Uh, of course, this, yes. Yeah, of course. And you, you, you know this uh, this part of the UK. Huh? Uh-huh. And uh, after spending a year in the UK and having a, a wonderful time, you know, in, uh, in the Midlands, uh, studying common law, I, I came back to Strasbourg to finish my law degree. Oh, wow. And then I did uh, my LLM in, in Paris, mm-hmm. in uh, intellectual property law at the University Paris-Panthéon-Sorbonne. Okay. And uh, in, in Strasbourg, and as I told you, I was born in Strasbourg and uh, educated there. We had have, have a strong department uh, in uh, intellectual property and uh, a renowned LLM, you know, the CEPI. CEPI, you know the CEPI. Eh? Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, the Center for International Intellectual Property Studies, you know. Uh-huh. So... I'm sure you're going to ask, but then I'm going to give you the answer before. You're going to ask me why I, I, I went, uh, uh, I didn't do my LLM uh, in Strasbourg and I went to Paris. Uh-huh. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Okay. I wanted to go to Paris. That's all. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, so I was admitted, you know, in, the, in, the, in this LLM uh, of Panthéon Assas mm-hmm. in IP and with a, with a strong major in copyright law. Okay. And it's known as one of the best in France. Perhaps you, you heard about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, I really like to know copyright. And, uh, and after my graduation, I, I applied for, for a position in a French uh, copyright collective, the SPADEM. In French, it's 
société de la propriété artistique et des dessins et modèles. Nobody will know about it anymore. Okay. There is a reason. And that this pandemic, it was like a copyright protection and um, collection society uh, with uh, visual artists uh, in France mm -hmm. uh, uh, dealing with uh, paintings and uh, drawings and sculpture, video design. Okay. Uh, and it, it had a, a Spadam had a, a high reputation in Europe, and it was it's kind of um, similar as the ASCAP, uh, uh, the American uh, Society of Composer, Author, and Publisher. You know, mm -hmm. and so they defend the right of artists. So my interview for the the position at this Spadam it went very well. But a few days after, I was informed that the the Spadam was will be dissolved. In fact. Why? And you know why? why? Because one of their main um, uh, member was the Pablo Picasso's estate. Oh, wow. And the Pablo Picasso est est estate just left the Spadam to create its own protection um, and collect collection uh, uh, society. And so it's just by, you see, I could have made a career in copyright, mm -hmm. but then fate It didn't happen. So I applied then in an IP law firm specializing in uh, patents and trademarks. Mm -hmm. And that's how I started my career in, in trademark law. Okay, amazing. And, and, well, I enjoy it very much. You know, the trademark law requires a lot of technical skills and knowledge and also a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, after a while, I, I had uh, the opportunity to go back to school, to the university. Um In Paris or in Strasbourg? In Strasbourg. In fact, I attended the course of the CP, the one in Strasbourg, the one in my own town, you know. And so my parents, they were very pleased to have me back home. <laughs> of course. Uh, it, it was not really going back to university after uh, some years of work. I mean, it's uh, the CP, they have like, a, uh, I could say, a sandwich co training course. Mm -hmm. Then you work and you attend the lectures. Uh, so it's quite intense. So mm -hmm. I quite qualified from the, the, the CP after all as an Alsatian. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, well, well, I enjoyed the intellectual property and, uh, because it's always evolving and you meet very interesting uh, people from, from all the, over the world. Huh? Mm -hmm. Of course, of course. So Natalie, um, after your um, experience of working for the copyright firm um, in, I think it was Paris you mentioned, um, Did you work for any other law firms um, after that? And what made you start Dreyfus Law Firm in Paris? And um, um, was it, did you start this business, um, this law firm alone, um, first of all? Yeah, I started alone. It was a, like a, a journey because I started to gain experience in uh, different uh, uh, law firms. Mm -hmm. But when the internet, you know, started to be used by uh, businesses, I would be, say it was around 1997, mm -hmm. then uh, it led to many new questions, you know, especially related to intellectual property. And I was very interested in this new issue. Mm -hmm. And I started to think about how IP law could adjust to these new matters. For example, uh, Do you need a trademark for services in Class 38 uh, telecommunication to be protected on the internet? Well, the, today the response is really obvious, but it wasn't so back then. Mm -hmm. So what I, I saw is that many companies were spending a lot of money to protect their trademarks 
in countries where they didn't even do business. Um, they were doing nothing mm -hmm. to defend their trademarks on the internet in domain names. Right. So I started explaining that uh, whatever the domain, a GTLD, a, GT, a generate top level domain, or a CCTLD, a country code top level domain, that the presence on the internet could be the same and could infringe that trademark right. And this, at this time, was very new and innovative. Right. And so I started to join, you know, professional organization focused on what was then called new technology, uh, not only in France, but also abroad. And uh, we were doing some research on the subject. And that, as I told you, it, it was a very new matter. And the, the, the question was, the main question was how to defend your trademark on the internet, what, what we call now the online brand enforcement. Okay. So I find one of the first UDRP case before the Arbitration and Mediation Center of the WIPO. Mm -hmm. And I helped to establish the case law. I was, in fact, one of the uh, first WIPO panelists appointed by the WIPO. And today, as you already uh, uh, said, I'm, uh, I'm also at the NAF, the National Arbitration uh, Forum in the U.S., but mm -hmm. also in France, I'm an expert at the Paris Court of Appeal. Yeah. So there is, in fact, two main reasons why I started my own office. Firstly, um, I would say at an early stage of my career in IP, I couldn't find in the French law firm the way I wanted to serve my clients. Like with a service business oriented on taking it into account the internet. Yeah. So I wanted to offer, you know, an accurate and practical legal advice efficiently. Mm -hmm. And secondly, and you perhaps you won't believe that, <laughs> some French law firms didn't want to hire me no because one. of my name, really? Dreyfus. Really? No. So the, the Dreyfus name, it's a gift and a curse. <laughs> When I later opened my own law firm, it was much more an asset than when I started my career. Because some people, you know, they were looking for me when they saw my name on conference list. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to know if I was related to Captain Dreyfus. <laughs> you, you, know the, 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 you know the story of this Captain Dreyfus. Just to say, uh, Alfred Dreyfus, he was a, um, he was a French artillery officer, um, Jewish. Right. And he was conv convicted in 1894 for treason. Okay. And this Dreyfus affair, it became one of the most controversial political drama in modern French history. Right. And it divided society. And, and, and the, the affair has gone down in history as the Dreyfus affair. Wow. And, and the consequences of this affair, they, were, they go well, far beyond France and throughout Europe. And, but Alfred Dreyfus, in fact, he was found innocent and completely exonerated. So to the question, are you related? My <laughs> answer to, in conference is, yes, I'm related to Dreyfus. It's oh, my wow. family. Yes. Oh, and wow. see... All these things led me to open my own boutique law firm more than now, 17 years ago. Oh. Time flies, huh? And I called it the Dreyfus, uh, Dreyfus, the Dreyfus Law Firm in Paris. So I, I quickly choose to also work on uh, cases, you know, linked in, uh, to IP and the internet. And uh, so I'm, I'm particularly specialized in the defense of companies and the executives on, uh, on the internet. 
And so now at, at Dreyfus, I, I started on my own, but now at Dreyfus, we have a department for online drone enforcement. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. What an amazing story, Natalie, um, that you're related to this gentleman here. Um, that, yes. I have to say, he was acquitted from everything. But you um, know, I was at ECTA uh, last week and, uh, and I had the question uh, three times. Really? Are you related? Oh, wow. But, but related, sometimes people also ask him, are you related to Milbank or to there's like a, a Dreyfus Finance Organization in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Or there is a famous actor, Richard Dreyfus. Right. Yeah. And there is also for jazz amateurs, there's a lab, label Dreyfus record. But most of the time people are asking about the, the Dreyfus affair. And the question is always, are you related? And you know, it's a, it was like, I would say it was a gift and a curse. And on, on, on the, the international, on, a lot of people saw that my office was a, a very old office, so like a three generations office. Mm-hmm. And uh, because uh, the name sound is familiar to, to many people. Wow. Well, what a great story, Natalie. And um, I bet uh, you've done some research into the history of uh, Mr. Dreyfus himself uh, for many years now, I bet. Oh, I'm not an historian, but my, my I have a twin brother. He's an historian. He's, he's doing that. Oh, amazing. I'm, a, I'm the lawyer of the family. <laughs> okay, so Natalie, um, you know, amazing story with uh, uh, the Dreyfus background and the Dreyfus name. Um, like you said, it was a gift and a curse. But going forward... Were there any challenges that were faced when you were setting up your practice? And what advice would you give to anyone else following your footsteps? Yes, yes. Um, well, that's a good question, because I think that like many entrepreneurs, I had to face many challenges, I would say. Um, as mm-hmm. a woman first, um, mm-hmm. well, I had to defy social expectation. Huh? The, the glass ceiling, what we say, especially back in 2004, on four. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, more difficult for women to enter the the, the market. Huh? Yeah, everything it was kind of hard for me because I had to prove myself twice to be taken seriously. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, then, as an IP lawyer, I would say that our field of expertise is a, is a is in itself a challenge. Yeah, because the the area is always changing, evolving, adapting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we we constantly have to adapt ourselves and anticipate the demands, but also the the evolution. Um, yeah, and even as a specialist in internet issue, I constantly face new questions, you know. And some of the questions raised by your clients are really challenging. Mm-hmm. But it's very interesting to engage in these uh, intellectual exercises. Mm-hmm. So I would share three pieces. Of advice to people who want to get started. First, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. never give up. Mm-hmm. Well, this sounds like a, a trite piece of advice, I would say, but it's the most important, especially for someone who wants to get into an industry that has a lot of unknowns. Mm-hmm. So I was talking about it earlier, but for example, uh, working on internet issues, mm-hmm. there are always new uh, parameters to, to consider. Huh? Yeah. That is why... You should, you shouldn't be afraid to say to yourself, no. "I don't know." But only if the next step is, "How do I know? Yeah. What solution can I bring with what I know on what I can learn?" So that's my first 
advice. Second advice is, well, it's linked to the first one. In fact, it's be curious. Always be curious. Mm -hmm. Read, inform yourself, cultivate, I mean, uh, your curiosity uh, on your daily work. And I would say last but not least, third advice, get started, of course. Don't be afraid to dive in. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, then you will le be left with regrets. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and just one thing also, because it's so difficult, you know, to to start a career in IP and even to find an internship. You know, it's, for me, it was very difficult to find an internship because I didn't know anybody in the in the industry, and so yeah. I learned from that. And today, for example, I opened my law firm to to young practitioner IP and IT. Uh, to give them the opportunity to to learn from us. Amazing, amazing. Did you do any internships yourself, Natalie? Yes, I I, I did, but it was difficult to find an internship for me. Why? Okay, okay. Any final advice for anyone uh, that's looking to maybe set up their own business or um, try to get into an internship with 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 a, a, a law firm like Dreyfus? Yes, the, uh, be yourself. Don't don't give up. See that you have something to that uh, it will be a win-win uh, solution, and that we we will uh, gain from each other, and uh, you'll mm -hmm. have a chance to to come and work with us. Excellent, excellent. Okay, Natalie, um, we're going to move on a bit now because I wanted to talk about a bit about your latest article. I know I'm putting you on the spot here um, regarding your latest article published in the Global IP Matrix magazine that's currently in circulation at Ecta. Um, London IP Week, IPLA, and many other conferences across the world. Um, your article is titled Intellectual Property, Cybersecurity, and Malicious Domain Names, Three Answers to Help Manage Your Intellectual Property Assets and Domains. Can you tell us a bit about this article and the importance of it, Natalie? Yes, th thank you, Carlos. I think this is something new. I mean, new in the online brand enforcement. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is... I, I, I thought about this article because we launched a new service, you know, at, uh, at Dreyfus. Yeah. It's like a low part of a cybersecurity service to, to help companies to defend their trademarks uh, right. uh, against malicious uh, domain names. But not only against uh, uh, counterfeiting, right. but also for compliance purposes, you know, to, right. to, to, to ensure that they meet with the latest regulation. So we explain to our client why domain names are to be integrated, for example, in a compliance plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So who would be most at risk um, and what's the most common attacks um, that people would face as a business? Well, they, they would face, um, I mean, it's, um, well, it's this phishing, uh, they could face uh, phishing cases, uh, mm -hmm. impersonation, uh, all kind of things that we know already, but the 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 the, the, the innovative uh, uh, proposal is that because now we know this the, the the kind of threat, we know also how to prevent some of them, and this is new, because it's not only trying to uh, to uh, uh, to come after the battles on 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 on, uh, on find solution uh, how to tackle. Uh, uh, malicious domain names it's seeing beyond all that and anticipating what kind of risk can we uh, encounter and then 
we can avoid a lot of damages in advance. And this is new. And so we are not working anymore with only with um, uh, IP or law department. We work with cybersecurity department, IT, and compliance department. Right. Because the domain name could be also a part of a compliance plan. And this is something new. Okay. But read the article uh, if you want to be to know more about that. Yeah, you'd no. be more interested, or I'll be interested. No, I'm answering that to the audience, not for you. Of course, <laughs> uh, Carlos, I know you have already read uh -huh. it, and also you made some very interesting comments about. It. Okay. Uh, no, no, it's. Uh, I'll be delighted to share ideas and uh, an opinion about uh, about this uh, with um, with you. Well, moving on, Natalie. I mean, um, with regards to your article. Um, what precautions would you advise, like um, companies like um, your, you know, law firms and IP business owners, um, to um, take to protect sensitive data um, from leaving their four walls? Yeah, of course, you need all the tech infrastructure to to be uh, to be able to to uh, to uh, to work safely. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm not a tech person, so this is for the tech department to, 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 to help, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, uh, put in place everything that could avoid uh, any breaches mm -hmm. would be really uh, advisable. Right. Okay. So I'm assuming because you work, um, you said that you've set up this new cyber sort of uh, security sector at Dreyfus. Um this is a service that you you are providing IP owners and businesses now. Yeah, already we have already uh, clients, and it's also over moving uh, uh, to from online brand enforcement to uh, uh, cybersecurity and compliance. Okay, Amazing. but always related to IP. I'm all IP IT. So finally, Natalie, I wanted to ask. Um, you know, you've written plenty of content over the years. Why is it important for you to share your knowledge and experience through contributing editorial content uh, pieces to magazines like the Global IP Matrix magazine? And of course, you will be joining the Women's IP World Annual next year. Can you tell us the importance of um, sharing your, your experience and stories? Yeah, I think that it's one of the most important things is to share knowledge. That's... Uh... That's why we tackle the, the, the subject we like, you know, on, on, uh, for example, on our Dreyfus uh, blog also. Huh? Right. And, uh, it, it, and that's, it allows us to move forward. I'm not afraid, you know, to share information and say, okay, uh, um, competition is tough and uh, mm -hmm. people are going to, to, to steal my ideas. I think we, I, we, we need always to be ahead of our time, you know. Of course. And, and, and so we, we, we try, you know, to... On, on our blog, for example, um, to to uh, uh, to discuss about uh, new issue to deal uh, with daily, and also a, a white article on um, uh, my, my team and I we write articles on all topics for for Dreyfus book. We can, for example, we had like on on fragrance, thanks to. Uh, how to protect fragrance, for example, thanks mm -hmm. to IP, or how uh, my Miley Cyrus managed to register a trademark, you know, despite of the uh, an earlier Cyrus trademark, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, I think it's one of, the, it's very, very important, and um, 
and of course contributing to your IP magazine. It's always a great pleasure for me, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I love the collaboration with your magazine, and it always allows me to challenge myself with new topic every time. So thank you for 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 in, inviting me to to write. Thank that, you very that, much. That's very kind of you, Natalie. But um, the pleasure is all ours because um, you know we really appreciate all the content that you've produced um, for us, and will continue to be produce for us next year. Um, that brings us um, basically to the end of the show now. I would like to thank um, my good friend Natalie Dreyfus from Dreyfus IP Law Firm in Paris for taking the time out of her busy schedule to speak with me today. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Yumi and IP podcast uh, brought to you by myself, Carlos Northen, on behalf of Northen's Media, PR Martin Limited, the Global IP Matrix Magazine and the Women's IP World Annual. Until next time, please take care of yourselves and each other. And thank you again, Natalie, for your time. You've been amazing. Thank you, Carlos, for for inviting me. It's a a great pleasure. Thank you, Natalie. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. You have been listening to the Yumi and IP podcast, hosted by Carlos Northen on behalf of Northen's Media PR and Marketing Limited the publishers of the Global IP Matrix magazine, and the Women's IP World Annual. We hope you enjoyed the show.